it's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock in iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping over the... Welcome, fellow Uplanders, to another exciting episode of the Upix Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win, and back from his storm hiatus is my friend. Everybody loves their favorite turtle. Thank me later. How we doing tonight? What's up, man? Glad to be back. Uh, glad that the uh, the weather has passed and uh, we, we're back safe in Texas. Yeah, glad to hear that. And uh, if you didn't catch it earlier this week, T. Davis and B-Dag uh, released their $500 Tiffany's tie pin episode. So make sure you go check that out. We got a great show for you guys tonight. Something a little different, little uh, different from what we do. We have LG Doucette from the first mint podcast he talks about what's going on in nba top shot as we see we have more and more people here in upland uh getting into the top shot realm so i thought it would be great to have lg on and definitely check out his podcast you can find him at twitter at the first mint um and then we'll get into the numbers and we have the brooklyn release they had some block explorers released this week Grand Central Station went up for sale and sold pretty quickly, and we'll have a full discussion about that. This podcast is being recorded on February 25th, 2021. This is episode 44, and uh, with no further ado, we're going to go ahead and uh, bring our special guest on, and it's uh, LG Doucette from The First Mint. How are we doing today, LG? Gentlemen. It is nice to be here. I am doing very well. Another another day goes by in Top Shot with a potential pack drop push to the next day, but that's okay. We're okay. Uh-huh. We're doing okay. We're doing okay in Top Shot. Yes, it's beta testing. We hear it a lot here in Upland. Still in beta. <laughs> Tell that to the 100,000 people who have never owned an NFT before and right. see what their reaction is. Wait, but is it true that they froze new account creation? It's been kind of on and off. It's um, they they are from what I understand and what I can piece together. They are fighting tooth and nail with some bots right now because people are really trying to bot the system. So they even the test today or even the the drop that was ha- happening today was pushed back because they didn't feel fully secure to do it without it getting botted. So that is the reason. And that came from Roham, the CEO of Dapper. He posted that up on Twitter a couple hours after. So I think that the new account signups is a big part of that. They they have started to KYC many accounts. And I think the long-term plan is to only let you buy stuff if you have a KYC account. But that's going to take a while considering now that there's, you know, 100,000 people wanting to get some Top Shot. Gotcha. Yeah, I felt I felt a little silly. I told my buddy about it, I hyped it all up, and I was like, "Dude, you got to get in. Like, even if you just get like one pack, you, you won't because there's a good jillion people trying to get them. But sign up." And he's like, That's "Man, right. it's not even letting me make a new account." I'm like, "Sucks to be you. I'll be in line. Bye." <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough for the newcomers. But I will say, we kind of went through this a month ago as well. Because a month ago at the end of January there, there was a record sales day and then there was too many people. So then it was hard to drop packs. Like even the experience now is actually way better than it was a month ago where a month ago people would show up and the website was would crash because of the traffic. Yeah. So Dapper's done a great job there. Um, but 
you know, it's funny as all the people who came in a month ago and they were trying to get their first pack and the website would crash, they'd kind of lose their minds on Twitter and get all upset, right? Like you're talking to your buddy, but now that it's been a month and they've played and they've, they've collected some stuff and they've, they've made some flips and they're, they're making some bank. They're the ones telling the new people, Hey, it's all good. Just chill out. They'll fix it. You know, so it's kind of like this rolling wave of like, it's like we were talking the other day about all the different stages of top shot where it's like at first you're skeptical. You're like, well, that's, you know, especially for, you know, non NFT people, you're like, I don't know. That's, it's kind of a silly idea to do these basketball highlights as, as this blockchain thing. And then next is curiosity and, and hearing about other people doing well. And then third is pure addiction where you suddenly find yourself looking at it till 4am for a couple of days in a row. Fourth is mass frustration when the pack drop doesn't go well. And then fifth is you've been at it for a couple of weeks and you feel like, you're kind of like a veteran of, of the trade now. And, and you're kind of just in this mass of people that desperately want to get the LeBron or the LaMelo ball or whatever it is. I love being 88,732 for a 5,000 pack drop. It just makes my day. <laughs> There's beauty there, man. That's that's, I know it, it seems really frustrating, but I actually find at least on Twitter with the, the folks that we have following us and that engage with us, it kind of brings everybody together. Like the other day for the pack drop, they were only doing 5,000 of them because it was a stress test. And you know, the numbers in line were like 73,000. I had like 55,000, but I hit, you know, I put out a tweet and I was like, Hey guys, like, like show me your insane number in line. Exactly. Everybody was just kind of sharing it. Right. And sometimes we do giveaways for that. Like we did, you know, show us like the weirdest number and just seeing kind of what people do with that. And um, at least kind of have fun with it. Right. Have fun being in line. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. I mean, we have an Uplander, uh, China, and he gets a suck down so many uh, NFT rabbit holes here in Upland. It's ridiculous. And he was the one that brought me in in June um, when it was very small closed beta at the time. And uh, I got some cosmic packs. I, I, I opened up a pack. I'm like, let me see what it's all about. And I was like, wow. So this is digital basketball cards that you own on the blockchain with Mint. I go from a collector, from a blockchain standpoint, this is going to have everybody all over this thing. So I started buying some Cosmic packs. I bought five, and then I saw the numbers going down, and it got down to about 60 packs left. And I went to buy another one, and I got hit with KYC, and it was a Saturday. And I never got KYC'd until Tuesday, right after the last Cosmic pack disappeared from the market forever. That's great. It's all right, man. If anybody from Top, anybody that's new to Top Shot in the last couple months is hearing that, they even the fact that you had the the opportunity to buy a Cosmic Pack is going to be mind blowing to them. So you're doing better than most if you if you were there when you had the chance to to buy those. Oh yeah, he's doing way better than most. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I also took that that flyer and and bought some. I mean, I remember early. I was like, first of all, I don't know anything about sports, like. Do they what? And I was like, why aren't they using their feet more? Like, shouldn't they be kicking this ball? I had no idea what was happening when I opened these packs. And then I was like, all right, I just put them away. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, January, people start, hey man, you, you still got top shots? You still got, like, yeah. Why? Wait, what's happening? They're worth how much? Shut the front door. <laughs> Let me go check this out. It was nuts. Did you, you get guys in? heard? Yeah. I, I got in. I got in early September, um, mm-hmm. and I kind of begged to to get let into that closed beta. But that was still, you know, just so you guys know, like I was still very new to NFTs then. Like through the summer, through the spring is when of twenty twenty is when I started to to get turned on to crypto. I had a few buddies here who for years have been pushing me to take a look. But um, 
you know, I come from kind of like the content agency world. So they, they'd wanted me to get involved. And finally I kind of like got turned on to the idea at NFTs and um, started scoping that out. And I, I was already a huge basketball fan. So it kind of made sense to me, but yeah, it's like, you know, through most of the fall, like it was dead, you know, in, in November it's the basketball off season, or like not usually, but this year it was. And like, there was like 200 transactions a day done between like 18 people. Like it was, it was, it was dead. And it, now you could have grabbed so much erupted. value. Yeah. Now they have so much yeah. value and it's going to continue. And I don't know if you guys heard the good word the other day of some of the new players that are going to be coming to top shot. Absolutely. Um, that's right. Yeah. So you're going to have Shaquille O'Neal, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, all part of the, the next run at back set, which is going to feature a year that's somewhere between 2005 and 2010. So um, they don't know, they haven't said which year yet, but you might end up with like, you know, you might have like Dwayne Wade in there. You might have a young LeBron James. Like it's, it's, there's so much intellectual property they can dig into that despite all the issues and, and even the crazy price fluctuations for people that like basketball and just sports in general, realizing how much, how deep that intellectual property goes and how far back you can go into basketball archives, how much cool stuff you could do with Top Shot is is really exciting and these nfts they don't even have utility yet you actually can't even do anything with them yet yeah right? and soon you will yeah. and like, that's like man so you realize we're just at the start of dapper's plan and that's it's so cool when you think about it that way and it's cool that they got the contract flow got the contract or not the contract but flow worked it out to get on open seas and hopefully soon we can be able to incorporate it into upland they're getting into property development being able to show your nfts in your business your gallery your house so it'll be cool to have your top shots playing in upland yeah i was already thinking like yeah, having right. a trophy case like on like a little pedestal like your your top shots just like playing in a cube like that'd be so cool like in game exactly. yeah nuts. exactly yeah i yeah exactly there's so many and and what is cool too as much as you know maybe some of the the veteran nft people might you know roll their eyes when some of the new folks are like what's this nft thing i don't get it like we're introducing through top shot. It's like, you're really getting like such a normal mass audience of like retail consumers. And as much as it's like, they're not really necessarily quite yet learning about an Ethereum wallet and stuff because it's on flow and they're able to just kind of swipe their credit card. It's like, they're still getting turned on to the idea of digital assets. Right. So that's going to be beneficial for the entire industry one way or another. And that's what's, that's that's the part that's super cool. That's what everybody in Outplane should be excited about. Yeah, exactly. And right. that's where that mass they they'll they'll eventually come around and discover Upland, right? Like this is it's just a, such a great gateway for them. And when you get to the, to the point where they want to do more, um, you know, they'll find great projects like like Upland. And now we have people discovering from Upland NBA Top Shot. So, what would be your advice for somebody that's just starting out with a with a hundred dollar budget? Yeah, great question. Uh, I actually just wrote about this on my website, but basically. Um, well, first of all, if anybody is a basketball fan, even a marginal basketball fan, you know, if you're the kind of person like you only watch the playoffs, that's okay. You only watch it when your team's in there. That's fine. The advice I give people is to start with players that you love, players that you know, players you've heard of, whether they're they're small-time players, small market players, or LeBron, or whatever it is you want. Like, I think that anybody, especially, you know, from from your audience, from the Upland crowd, that collects nfts they'll probably relate to this that they they probably collect nfts with a certain degree of emotion right not everybody's like a bull trader of nfts or crypto a lot of people do it with their heart and something like basketball that can be so emotional i always recommend to start with the players you really love like today 
one of my favorite players, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, um, Kyle Lowry. They were talking about how he might be traded soon. So I went and picked up one of his moments because I was like, I'm not, you know, I don't, I, I love him and I, and I only own one, currently only own one of his moments. So I picked up one of his metallic golds because um, I want to have it because he's, you know, he's one of my favorite players. I don't want to lose him and I don't want his prices to skyrocket before I get a chance to get in either. So that's, that's a good way to start if some of those players are affordable within a hundred bucks. And then after that, the only other tier that exists is the superstars. And that is, I, I call LeBron James, the bond of the game, like as in like a bond, like a, you know, financial bonds, because he, he, he is in a tier totally way beyond any player currently playing in the NBA. Like he is, whether you think he's the best player in the league or not, it doesn't matter. There is nobody with the accolades and the clout and the gravity of LeBron James. Um, does the Kevin Durant, anybody else, like they don't come close to what LeBron has meant for the game and what he currently means for the game. So he is in such a totally different class. So in terms of superstars, like tying yourself, putting it, putting invest, investing into guys like LeBron and then maybe some of those other like locked in hall of famers, like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, um, even some of the older guys that might retire soon, like Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, like that is a sure bet that, you know, they have such established legacies that they will hold value for a long time. After that, I'd say the rest of your portfolio that you're starting off with is like, go have some fun, like go bet on a rookie that you think might take off. Go, go look for some, you know, these are moments, they're highlights of actual basketball plays. Like go look for some stuff. That's kind of funny. Like there's one player, Robin Lopez, who is not the best player. Like he's, he kind of looks like sideshow Bob. He's got a big, you know, head of hair. He's got a play on there where that's, he's like, that's Anderson Barrett. From the you basket. say sideshow Bob, sorry to cut you off LG, but you say yeah. sideshow Bob, that's Anderson Verge out all day long. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Well, Robin Lopez looks a lot like Anderson. Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> looks similar, but yeah. Okay. 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 Well, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Robin Lopez, maybe Cecil, not, not sideshow Bob, but Cecil, his brother. Let's go with there that. There you go. Um, but, you know, he's got a play where he's like, he gets kind of fouled like 10 feet away from the basket and he's falling away. And he literally just hucks the ball over his shoulder and it just goes in in the most awkward way. And it's just like a weird, funny play. But that, because he's kind of not as great a player, you know, that moment goes for like 10 bucks or like 20 bucks. So you can pick that up easily. Um, so I would say like, go have some fun after that. But definitely if you want to invest, like start with the players you love, go for the superstars and then take a little gamble on some fun stuff or some of the young guys who might be up and coming. There you go. That That's great advice. Uh, what number did you get of your Kyle Lowry metallic gold? 31. Thir- okay, never mind. I got 148, so congratulations. I was <laughs> did you say, pick that up today? No, that I opened that okay. years ago. That's all original. Now. Oh, okay, nice, yeah. Going back to LeBron. So LeBron, yes, I have a Dunk uh, Series 1 base set. Uh, number 142 of a thousand and i got it up on the market for a hefty price and i know on your podcast you say don't sell the bronze you'll regret it later that's right now i'm a cleveland cavaliers fan he brought a championship to cleveland for the first time but it's not the block it's not his 35th thousand point so do you see if those become moments being more valuable or less valuable than this Series one LeBron James dunk with a thousand mints. I'm pretty sure that that is his first moment on Top Shot. It is. So if you believe in that, and so a lot of people in the community have been asking a lot because a lot of those first moments are going to get a badge for first moment. 
if you think in top shot in terms of 10 years and in 10 years there has been no new LeBron James, like it could pretend it's not right. Like or Luca or something like that. Let's say there is no LeBron James. There's a void of a mega superstar in 10 years. And the last one we had was LeBron. And you think top shot is a global game that has at least half the global NBA market, which is 400 million people as well. And that includes China. If you think Top Shot has all those people and it's doing a billion dollars a day on the marketplace and there's all those people are playing every day and you have the first LeBron moment in there, that's what I that's how what I would think about when I yeah you're, you're killing I'm Wayne selling it so <laughs> you are selling that it is a, that is a strong <laughs> vision I mean I got, I'm not gonna lie I got a little wet uh, but, <laughs> I don't even have well, one but I'm about to go yeah, buy one well that's it what right? you selling like, it for Jim let me get, get sixty five thousand. Sold. No. So sixty five thousand. I'll take it. Sold. No. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, that is my curiosity, man. Like, I don't. How sustainable is this growth? With a, you know, once they really start mass producing, I get that there's going to be these limited edition ones, but then you start talking gamification. So I'm a huge gamer, right? So that immediately perked my interest. Now, cool, you get some flashy badge or some notification, but they can't realistically make those like significantly more powerful or really more powerful at all from a gaming perspective than later series. So I go from a gaming perspective, you're going to be looking at what's the new most powerful cards um, from a gamification perspective. Obviously you're going to have collectors, fans, things like that. Uh, And then you're going to have, I would imagine other major brands that are going to start, you know, parsing out some of that uh, collector's base right now. There's no other thing like it. Um, no. But, but you know, once you get other sports, I would imagine that you'd have some of these collectors starting to look elsewhere as well. What are your, you know, how totally. do you see that impacting it? Um, you know, I'm, I'll go on a little bit of like more the tokenized, uh, dream here talking about this and this is kind of part of what we're trying to do at the first mint long term um is to kind of evangelize this concept and you guys you know as nft guys you'll, you'll definitely understand this i think we're on the verge with nfts of what i refer to as the tokenization of fandom where basically what top shot has done is that it's tokenized something that we didn't know could be tokenized which is debate about basketball like what you and i could have done um, you know, too stupid to win is like, we could argue all day about which LeBron highlight is the best. Is it the block? Is it, you know, some other play like, I don't know. Right. And we could argue about Jordan. We could argue about the best buzzer beater of all time, but has there ever been a way for us to actually quantify that? Right. Maybe looking at which one of these has the most views on YouTube. Right. Yeah. But now there's a market that if all those plays were in there, the market would tell you which one it likes the most. So we're actually able to tokenize that in a way that lets people believe with their money, lets them put their belief behind, you know, um, behind their cash mm. to show what they like. So what I think we're on the verge of doing is that Top Shot is going to kind of show the world that you can add a totally new layer of engagement with content that already exists. So I'll give you another example. What is the best scene from any Disney movie ever? And we could debate the answer to that forever. No, Bambi's mom getting shot. Done. <laughs> Boom. Right. But that's it. But I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. I'm dead serious. It's like no, no, no. But but Bambi's but mom getting shot is a token. 
But if here's the has flaw a video in that logic. How much so, does it go for? No, no, no. So here's the flaw in that logic to me. Uh, it's an interesting concept, but the reality is you can't use the basis of NFT prices to debate the anything related to the actual event unless they were all distributed at an equal amount at an equal time. Mm-hmm. For instance, this you know dunk for LeBron that was minted here, it's going to have significant value. However, that play in, in his career, arguably, I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to say insignificant to major milestones in his career. But if those major milestones are then mass printed because of its appeal, they might be dirt cheap compared to some other one because of the scarcity of the moment, not because of the impact of the moment. So I don't know that you can use that as any sort of, you know, leverage in, an, in a debate or argument about what's the greatest play. Well, look at how much this one's valued as an NFT. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like the scarcity and the dynamics of the game totally add to it. But I, what I'm saying is that it doesn't necessarily need to be something that settles a debate. It can just be an added layer where people can invest and collect in things that they really like. No, right? I, so I'm, whether I'm whether there, yeah. and you guys get that right. So I'm not saying that Absolutely. we're going to sit here and debate like the Bambi scene and we'll let the market decide in the same way Top Shot has. But I mean, the idea that something like another big store of intellectual property like like Disney, which owns the rights to Marvel and 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 Star oh, Wars and everything. Oof. That they they don't they're not necessarily going to be like okay here's video highlights of every Star Wars movie like they're not going to do the exact same thing but over time they'll look at it and be like how can we add our own layer of fandom to this how can we let people own parts of these movies of the, of these you know be part of the store of value that we want to create you know kind of just it's just like a, a mutated next level loyalty program in a way but that lets lets people feel that ownership the same way that people in Top Shot feel the ownership of the moments and that people in Upland and any other NFT project feel that. Yeah. yeah, no, that, that's huge. Those are great points, and it's uh, and you really need to pitch Dapper Labs for uh, buzzer beaters. Make that a make that an exclusive <laughs> set. I, I love that. Like as soon as you said buzzer beater beaters, I could imagine unwrapping the packs of all the different buzzer beaters and how you could. Exactly. And that would be a great set. I would love to get into buzzer beaters. Oh yeah, right. Then that's <laughs> it. Now you got it right. It's like okay, what other fun things could you play with that ever happened in basketball? right to pit them against each other in a set or just to have to collect them all that way there's so much more you could do right yeah, absolutely the other day like steph curry shimmies after he hits a shot his shoulder shimmy or his like weirdest like just you could just have fun like weird steph curry things like where he's stupid mouth guard that he's always chewing on pre-game right? like, celebration there's so much, yeah exactly there's so much stuff like that you could do um you could even one day have a lebron like championship set like that's just highlights from the four championships or maybe five that he's won right Oh, absolutely. And a, a championship, championship moment. There, there's so much they can do. It's like, I really wish I could just get on the Dapper Lab team and replace like my current income with that. But now here's, here's my dilemma. You know, everybody's trying to be a top shot millionaire now. So it's Correct. sell now, sell later. But if you do cross that top shot millionaire, I, that's life changing money. But either way. So once again, you never sell a LeBron because you'll regret it later. But would you keep the LeBron James over a Luka Donick Cosmic? Yes. How about a Jay Morant Cosmic? Yes. Those guys are amazing. They're young, great players, but they haven't done anything. There's no legacy. 
They tomorrow, John Morant could break his leg and never play another game. For all you know, he's never played in the playoffs. And you, Gordon, there's a lot of hype around him, but there's no, you know, and any other sport has the same thing where it's like, yeah, there's some really great young upcomers, but what have they actually done? I think you've convinced me to pull my LeBron off the market. (laughs) In sports, winning, winning is the only thing that matters in sports. There's hype, there's there's all this other stuff, but the only thing that really matters, it's like, you know, if you're not first, you're last, that whole mentality. I think that that's true. So with LeBron, it's like, now that he's won another title, it's like, okay, well, no, he, he that does matter a lot. And those other guys, like, they're very exciting. They go for a lot on top shot, but they haven't done anything. They, they if in three years, they haven't, some of those guys, like if Luka Doncic hasn't won a playoff round in three years from now, like that's considered a bust on how how much anticipation there is for for his career. Absolutely, and then he, and he it could tank because look at Porzingis was a rising star with the Knicks, got traded to Dallas. Now he's playing second fiddle to Luca, and his he can barely stay healthy. Yeah, right. So and he's good when he's out there. He's been good lately. He's had some good flashes this year, but it's like. We haven't seen that in years. The promise was there, but only now is it starting to kind of, you're finally starting to see it. Yeah, a lot. lot That's the kind of stuff, that's what's fun in Top Shot is that you speculate on that type of stuff. Is that we're even just having this conversation based on, and it's going to be a financial decision for you. Whereas if we're having this conversation just as buds watching a game, it's like, well, that wouldn't really mean anything, right? Like, what, are we going to make a $20 bet for 10 years from now, right? Like, no, but you, you have an asset on the line that you're trying to decide, is it going to be worth it to keep LeBron that is tried and true four championships, a few MVPs, one of the greatest players of all time, or flip it for a player who could maybe one day have a better resume than him, but you'll wait 20 years to find that out. Absolutely. And uh, yesterday I was sitting that yesterday morning I woke up and usually I used to check upland or I, I check. Now I check top shot check the top shop market look at what's there and i'm sitting there and there were some cosmics under 10 grand and i was debating i'm like well they aren't the greatest players they're not the best highlights but they're cosmics they're one in 49 and by yesterday afternoon they were all over 10 grand they were all bought up just gone so you can't get into a cosmic card for under 10 grand now don't tell me that i sold all my cosmics i'm sad now Oh, that's yeah. painful. How many yeah. how many moments did you guys have? Because sounds like you guys were a pretty early adopter there. How many how many were you, did you have at some point? I had three hundred and six total moments. Um, I had a total of six cosmics and twelve metallic gold LEs. Uh, I had the early adapters whole set uh, for the win whole set, um, and then half of the Cali New York set. In almost yeah, a complete you, you series one set. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's quite the haul. Yeah, that no you don't have anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. He he still has. I think how much oh, okay. you, you sell a lot of that. I still have two hundred and ninety nine moments to go. So. Are you going to pull up your? Are you going to pull up your account valuation or what? Are we going to do that? Oh, I can. Dude. Is, look, go look, look at I'm number. I'm number three. 346 account rank so i'm not wow i'm not i'm not anywhere close to top shot millionaire i mean dude a half a mil is you know you're in the top one percent like let's you know 
How about your value in Upland? Is that is that like is that what is your what's your exposure in general to like other NFTs? Jeez. How does that compare to that? Well, my value in Upland is twenty five, uh, twenty five thousand dollars. Basically, it converts to so it's twenty five million UPEX. One UPEX is or one US dollar equals a thousand UPEX conversion. Right. Okay. So Top yeah, Shot, like, I put about twenty eight hundred dollars into Top Shot, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you talk about what's your ROI, like if Upland had the ROI of uh, Top Shot, I would be retired, <laughs> like actually retired. Uh, that is understandable, man. But again, don't forget, like for Top Shot, it's like that didn't happen until like six weeks ago, right? So it's like. For so long, even you know, uh, even a couple guys I knew, they were just like, "Man, I put so much money into this. I hope something happens soon." <laughs> and now those are the millionaire guys, right? But for a while, it's just don't know, don't know. You know, the off season was was slow and cold, so you know we weren't really sure what was going to happen there. Yeah, you got well, some t- nice stuff. You got some tell, nice stuff in your portfolio. Tell them that uh, they should really get into William Shatner. That's what I need. I need some. I need some people to go go back and look at the William Shatner stuff that got printed. Cheese, I got mm. so many like bunk. Like that's the interesting thing is I'm a dabbler. Uh, my my main hustle is is Upland for sure. But like I dabble in most of the releases of things. So like I only put a couple hundred bucks in. But I mean I'm, you know, <laughs> I did like I don't know four four thousand x return on. <laughs> so like Amazing. I mean I made stupid money on on Top Shot. But, like, there's been so many other ones. Like, that's the other thing is, like, you got to remember, like, people like Too Stupid, myself, trying, like, we are in there on every single one. Like, I mean, almost every single NFT release. Like, if you didn't get on that Doctor Who, you still got a couple days left. And it closes on the 28th. But even then, some right. of the borders are, are closed. Like, you got to be in on that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's why I'm curious. Like we had this massive spike in valuation. I don't know. I mean, I, I liquidate, I'm down to like maybe thir- I had like a hundred to begin with a hundred um, moments and I'm down to, I don't know, maybe 20. Um, and I'm, I'm happy. Like I, it could, because the other thing is like, and you made a really good point, And I think that this is really important. Like I am not passionate about, basketball at all i don't know any of these mm-hmm. moments now you mentioned a couple like funny moments and i was like oh actually that could be kind of cool i might go pick up some yeah. cheap funny moments just to hang in my house um yeah. but like <laughs> i go i'm not gonna lose any sleep not having these people because i don't right. follow them i don't know them i don't talk about them um so i think there okay. is that aspect that's okay well. man yeah and that's okay and um there's th- th- what i've found with top shot is that even for me it's it has brought so many people out of the woodwork. Like people I haven't spoken to in years are like messaging me and they're like, Hey man, I just discovered top shot. And then I listen to the podcast <laughs> and it's you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But they're, and then like literally the next question is like, do you know when packs are coming? Like not even <laughs> right. like, Hey, good job. Like they're just like, do you know when those packs are coming? And do you think I should, should I, should I buy this Jimmy Butler? And I'm like, Oh my God, man. And they're people dude. they're like you. They don't, they don't watch basketball. <laughs> like they don't care that much about basketball, but they like this market. And I think that that's kind of the underlying juice here is that Dapper has done an amazing job building a really, although often, you know, troublesome, but like a really beautiful experience when you open the packs and just a really smooth, like marketplace experience when it's, when it's clicking. Right. Really? And that, 
I, I find so. Really? Like, it, it, yeah, man. What? Listen, show this to a normal person and ask them to navigate OpenSea and ask, ask them to navigate this. Oh, no, no, no. Compared to, <laughs> okay. So now if yeah. you're comparing it to like existing other like non Oh, yeah. Market, it's not like Amazon that like puts things in the basket for you. But that's what I'm saying. But you, I mean, yeah. you, you want to talk about, because like actually it's funny because when I bought packs, uh, the animations didn't even work at all. Like I didn't even get to watch right. any of my things open. Oh, like bad. all the interfaces were terrible. Like it's a significantly better now, but like mm. it's not... It's not consumer grade, like right. it's crypto grade for sure. Like if you're in the crypto space, you're like, oh yeah, this is absolutely normal. But it's not consumer grade, like the amount of issues and like, and, and I love Dapper and I got a lot of friends on on that dev team there. But I go, dude, trying to get money out right now, like cool. You just made half a million dollars. At the current rate, it'll take you 15 years to get it out at 3,000 a, a pump for you know two weeks <laughs> at a right. time. I like, know. like so. Like I go, I'm. I, that's what as a as an investor, quote unquote mm. investor. I use air quotes there. Like I go, I worry about you know the sustainability of that because once people get frustrated with those those little things, if somebody comes new to the market, now your basketball fans are gonna stay. Like, mm. yep, you got them locked down. But there is a massive market of crypto people who were diversifying their portfolio from the, the Bitcoin rush and who saw this opportunity and there was hype with, uh, you know, multiple, you know, publications and things like that. Uh, but what happens when that hype turns to frustration because they're not getting packs and they can't get new accounts and you can't get your money out and then somebody else comes in and goes, hey, we've solved all those problems and here's our stand-up solution. And oh, by the way, we're signing up Disney. And here's Marvel and whatever. And they go, oh, that, okay, bye. yeah. Well, here's some pretty yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Some pretty cool things that they're also bringing here is the ability for these athletes to start signing these moments mm-hmm. and also adding audio. So there's there's a lot moving forward with this, which is going to be super cool, super amazing. And what people don't understand is this was a two-year project with the NBA and Dapper Labs, and Dapper Labs learned a lot from CryptoKitties. So Upland is still very in its infancy right now, and give it another year, and we're, we're going to see. It's I don't think it will ever be the as big as NBA Top Shot because you have 400 million fans of the NBA in the world. So, but besides this point, but you know, of scalability size, how many of them collect base uh, basketball cards? I'm out of curiosity. Does anybody know of the 400 million basketball fans? How many collect basketball cards? I don't know, but I'm not one of them. Me either. I I got no, no, no. But I mean, I'm curious, like, or just how many, what percent, of basketball players do you think basketball fans have uh, basketball memorabilia? I, I would assume it's pretty hot. None. Who cares? I don't know. I, sorry, yeah. I don't mean like that. I just mean like I don't I don't care. I don't have any. That's not yeah. what basketball is for me. Like it's not. I, don't, I watch basketball because I like the personalities and I like the players and I like the plays and I think Adam Silver has been the commissioner for a while now. I think he's done an amazing job of letting them enter, of helping them enter the digital world by letting them, you know, tweet as much as they want and, and you know, create their own endorsements and, and just be a much more like, you know, socially progressive league, like letting players speak out on issues they believe in. And that to me is a lot more what basketball is than having like a signed jersey from 40 years ago encased in my office. 
Like that, that is but, also I mean, what good. you're talking about is the digital version of that. So you, you, uh, it's, it. it's interesting that you're like, oh, well, that's stupid to have a signed jersey. I but, didn't say stupid. Oh, I mean, I think you might have said stupid to have a 40 year You did. You said it's stupid to have a 40 year jersey, but then. Oh, well, in 40 years when you have your LeBron <laughs> you James that NFT. Back, man. I would not call that stupid. I think there's space for that. And I, th- yeah. I think that if people like that, that's cool. But I also think that that's something that people have been doing for a long time. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's a he- very hungry crowd for something different. And I'm one of them. And, and right. And you, we, have, we have so much store online of, of value now that, you know, where people are much prouder about their Instagram accounts than they are of, of most other photos they own. And it's cool. You got NBA players now doing live pack openings of Top Shot on their YouTube channels. Uh, Spencer, I always mess up his last name. I did. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Yep. Yeah. He even has his own social token. Did you know that? He's working on Galaxy, right? Is that the project? I think so. He's got a. Uh... Yeah. I don't know if that's related, but he's he's got like some kind of. Yeah. He's got his project, own social token of... that he interacts with yeah. his fans with. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But yes, we, Um, I did keep you over the time that I promised you. So I do apologize for that. It's all good, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very happy to be here. And, and you know what? I actually, I really appreciate the, the healthy debate. Um, you know, because I'm talking about this to a lot of different people and I'm really stoked about it. But I, I like getting some pushback points. So I do appreciate that. Um, Yeah, man. Thank me later. Yeah. And, um, the last thing I'll say too is I've been thinking a lot more about the, the cards debate and, I think comparing it to trading cards is a really great way to to introduce people to it because you can say, hey, it's it's like a it's like a card, but it's actually a highlight from a real game. So that's it's an easy way for people to kind of wrap their head around it. But the deeper we get into it, and we start talking about you know players potentially um, token gating a community based on the fact that you have to own some of their moments or signing them digitally, adding audio. The more we talk about that stuff, the more I'm like, you know what? As time goes, this isn't going to be like cards at all. And it's an easy way to understand it, but over time it will be completely different. Oh. It could be for sure. I, it's interesting to see. I mean, some of these concepts are definitely interesting. I, I find that shocking from you for somebody who is a gamer and all about collections and badges. I would think you would get excited that they're having badges on these moments and doing well, no, all these no, other cool I'm, things. Now I'm pissed because I just sold a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're just like, now these suck. Don't buy yeah, these. Yeah, no, no, don't buy these. Go buy. <laughs> don't go buy, buy them. Let the let, get, let get the price game. drop so you can get back in. Right? That's no, it. no. In all seriousness, I mean, the gamer inside of me goes, okay, if you're going to gamify something, I want the most powerful cards, right? So I go the logically if you're if you go from a collectibles company to a gaming company to me those are two different models and so that's where I would get concerned is like your more collectible ones and the power that they play inside of a game like you, you it's a weird balance that you'd have to strike um, to not upset people of like well this is a ridiculous thing the the it would be cost prohibitive to be able to compete in these games. And, and so you're going to have, it's just going to be a weird balance on how they do that. Um, so again, I go, somebody who tries to straddle too many things might not end up reaching those markets. I think that you should, for me, I like the idea of it being a collectible. I like the idea of like that fan gate that you talked about, the live events. I was watching a couple of the, the podcasts they talk about, oh, if you attend a game, maybe you get a special pack or, you know, how quick can they release a moment from there? Like you're leaving it and you're like, oh my God, did you th- see that three point buzzer? And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, 
click here to redeem your moment. You're like, what? Like that would be mind blowing um, to see that. Or like, you know, a special call out because you, you check in on your phone and it knows that you're a top pack owner. So they throw you up on the jumbotron or something crazy. Like all of those where you can interact with the fans and grow the community based around the brand. I see that as hugely valuable. I think this whole gamification thing, I don't see that being successful because it's going to divide your attention. You're going to have to make compromises on um, balancing a game and then putting those powers against a potentially non-fungible NFT. Like you can't give power, like a power rating to a card and then have it being sold for real money and then um, adjust the game. You can't... um, you know, nerf a card. Somebody just paid 20 grand for a card because it's the best card in the game because it's completely overpowered. You can't then nerf it in the blockchain because you would you would cripple your value. So I, I am a little worried about that because I just don't think that you can do both. Um, but that's, that's just me. Uh, and it's always interesting. These NFTs are, you know, it's starting to go mainstream and Top Shot's really pulling in the mainstream. So you're getting the crypto people, you're getting the gamers, you're getting the sports fans, you're getting the investors, you're, you're getting the actual players themselves going on on this stuff. So it's a very exciting time and it's a very exciting future for NFTs, NBA Top Shot and Upland. So don't, I agree. I agree on that last one for sure. Yeah. Don't forget, everybody, if you did enjoy this conversation with LG Doucette, check out his podcast, The First Mint. You can find him on Twitter at The First Mint. Uh, you have anything else uh, before we let you go for this evening? Not one thing. It's been it's been a great time chatting with you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for your insights. And uh, definitely we'll uh, uh, interact more in the community. And uh, hope so. We got to get you into Upland. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had it circled and then Top Shot took over my life. So uh, I, I would definitely be keen to learn a bit more once I, I come up for a breath of air. Br- Brooklyn's opening up soon. So, you know, a little more New York City's opening up still. Right, Vancouver, New York City Vancouver open Canada. Up. Are they ever going to do that? Vancouver, Canada? Is that on there? Sooner or later. Yeah, it's interesting. We never talk about Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> well, a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe one day. Gentlemen, it's been an honor. Thank All you, right, LG. Thank you. Thanks, brother. All right, everybody, that was LG Doucette. Um, really glad what do you to ha- th- Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Really glad to have him on and, and the insights that he brings. And he can talk about Top Shot just like Thank Me Later and myself can talk about Upland. Yeah, no, that's, that was super cool. I'm thinking, you know, we make this a special edition. What do you think? Because that, that, was, that was a pretty good chunk of time. Yep. We'll just wrap it right now, go to the outro, and uh, run back into what we Well, we're I got a couple say. more comments. So, like, to, to bring this back, like, I, I think it's really important for Uplanders to understand, like, projects like Top Shot help the economy. And we're seeing, I like to think, and now I don't know anything about economy or anything, but I go, I'm, I feel like this is a major trickle-down effect from how well... Uh, the crypto space, the cryptocurrency space is doing. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that, uh, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these crazy runs on on miscellaneous stocks and Dogecoin, and then all of a sudden, you know, now you, you have these people that have just amassed a great amount of money. They're looking to diversify their portfolio. Now they're into Top Shot. Now they're buying, you know, massive properties in Upland. Like, 
I, I think we're going to start seeing trickle-down effects of that. And then, you know, once Top Shot, once they start, you know, wanting to go, okay, let's, we just made 500000 on Top Shot. Let's go reinvest in other projects. Like, I think all of the, the projects in this space are going to, you know, benefit for at least in the, I'd say, three to six-month time frame on that surge uh, from Bitcoin um, in that trickle-down. That's just my, my two cents on um you know, kind of how this relates again to why we should be excited about Top Shot and why a lot of the uplanders here are excited about Top Shot. Absolutely, you, you hit the nail on the head there, and uh, and definitely check out LG's podcast. It's very crisp, concise, to the point, and he has um, as much as you guys say that I'm I'm a whale in the game. I'm nowhere close. Uh, the interesting thing too is whale. The, the Whale Vault has two accounts, and both of them are in the top five. Whale Vault number one is the number one overall account on Top Shot, and Whale Vault two, I can't remember where their place is. But the Whale Vault, if you don't know, has so many sought-after NFTs, so many rare NFTs. The, 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 it's just amazing. So if they're heavily that heavily invested, you, you know it's got a long haul to it. Um, and this is just going to be like a market. There's going to be dips to it. Buy the buy the dips and sell on the highs. You know, sell on the rumors or buy on the rumors. Sell on or I've screwed that one up. You got nothing, dude. <laughs> I got nothing. It's sell on the rumors and yeah. But dude. Uh, the only the only last comment I got to make. I didn't want to interrupt because it was a good conversation. You were talking about uh, uh, buzzer beaters. Is that what is that what you called them? Buzzer yeah, buzzer beaters? beaters. So you know the clock's winding down. Three, two, one. They yeah. launch a shot and goes in, and everybody gets hype, right? Oh, okay. No, I was just gonna tell you that was my my college nickname because I'd knock it out between uh, snooze alarms in the morning. Anyway, what do you mean by knock it out between snooze alarms? I think you can figure that out. <laughs> I, I was that's where I was at, but uh, yeah, buzzer All right. beater. They call me the buzzer beater. No, <laughs> just go to the outro. But yes, this is definitely <laughs> definitely a, a special episode in, in more ways than one. So yes, make sure that you're liking the podcast, subscribing to the podcast, following us on Twitter, and definitely check out LG's podcast, uh, The First Mint. And uh, uh, and we do have, we'll post this in the fan server. We do have a server dedicated strictly to NBA Top Shot. So if you are into that, we will uh, get you in on that. Uh, we'll post the, uh, we'll post that up somewhere on the fan server. So we'll talk to you soon. Get back into the normal episode. It'll be a dual release. So we look forward to that. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you in a little bit. It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock it iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping. Over to moving and shocking. I'm Scrooge McDuckin'.